Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Welcome, everybody, to the Movie Council podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. AJ Sherry. And alongside me, as always, is the Movie Council's daddy, Dan Sherry, along with the smooth-talking Southern gentleman, Marky Bondurant. And each week, the Movie Council brings you movie news, reviews, and all kinds of other movie goodness your ears can handle. On tonight's episode, we'll be discussing the movie The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke. We're finally getting around to reviewing that. And we have another interesting surprise in store. But first, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I had a bit of a motherfucker at work recently. I was at the airport an hour away from boarding and got the notification that the plane was canceled. So, uh, uh, yeah, I spent, you know, a few hours at the airport for, for nothing. And then uh, they got me a new one, new flight the following morning. But then that meant I ended up coming home real late on Friday. That's uh, part of the reason why I wasn't able to record with you guys last night. But on my way back, they did bump me up to first class. So that was nice. So I was, was going to say, was that is that karma from missing a flight? For the first time, like you miss one flight, and now all of a sudden you're gonna have bad luck. The airline's mad at you for taking up a seat and not using it. No, what? No. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I I missed a flight. The uh, the was it the week before that? Yeah. Set my set my alarm for p.m. instead of (laughs) a.m. Whoops. Payback for that, Marky. Mm -hmm. How are you doing tonight, brother? Uh you know, I'm I I I'm hanging in there. It, this has been a really uh, kind of weird week, and you know, here's the deal. I know, so like this podcast for for me, and I hope for listeners too. I I like it to be kind of an escape from life and shitty stuff. You know, just we talking movies, shooting the shit, having fun. You know, so I, I, we don't like bringing depressing shit in, but. I'm going to do it just for a minute here because I uh, uh, I lost a good friend this week. Uh, my friend who I, I got to say is someone I never would have expected to go down the road he ended up on, and uh, it, it's it's a real bitch of a road, and it sucks. And I I just want to say. Just, you know, like I know we don't have a ton of listeners, but, you know, if you're hearing this, you know, maybe kind of share this message. Like, you know, if you're struggling and with, you know, addiction and you're having problems, like there are way more people out there that like want to help and are willing to help and won't fucking judge you. You know, just talk to someone. Don't keep it a fucking secret. You know, it, it's it's so hard to deal with the loan. It, it's hard to deal with, you know, with people helping you, but it, it's impossible to do alone. So 
you know, if you're having trouble, fucking reach out to someone, please, because losing people really fucking sucks. Yeah, so, I'm sorry well, to hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a rough week, but you know what? Let's, I, I want to, you know, just put that out there and let's, let's, uh, let's have some fun. Let's, you know, talk movies. Let's joke around. Let's, you know, you know, the, talk about the lighter side of life, you know, the shit that makes us happy. So. Yeah, let's, let's get do, into that. Let's do that. And you know what? Speaking of that, I'm going to put you to work. Dan. Ooh. All right. Where, where, uh, where, where, where are they? Yeah. Where, where, where can, uh, where can the people on the interwebs find us? Oh, that, that is a great question, AJ. Thanks for the reminder. Yes, we are uh, on all the social medias. We can be found at Movie Council Pod. Uh, you can email us. It's moviecouncilpod at gmail. And, uh, yeah, we're on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. So uh, give us a rating and a review where you listen. It, it helps us out a ton. And, uh, and as we all say, always say, if you leave us a review, we'll, uh, you know, we'll read it on the show. Give you a little shout out. So we absolutely will. And um, before we get into the, the, what I, you know, the review, the topic of the week, I mentioned, we, we are going to talk about the movie black phone starring Ethan Hawke. Um, but before we get into that, um, I thought we'd have a little, well, DP's going to have a little fun here. Um, mm. so he, he worked very hard on a, um, a recasting of, uh, one of his favorite, maybe his favorite film of all time. Yes, it is. And I think, you know, I think we want to hear it. He's been teasing it. He's been mm-hmm. teasing it for a little while. So, uh, hit us with this. All What's right. the what? What film is this? If, if in case, in case anybody doesn't know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, as I've said in the past, my all-time favorite movie, and for me, uh, the greatest movie ever made is The Princess Bride. Uh, I love this movie, and our longtime listeners remember about uh, what a year and a half ago or so we did a an episode where we recasts. Uh, the movie Clue. Man, was that long ago? Yeah, it's been like a year and a half. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. We've been we've been at this for a bit. Yeah, you're so. right. Um, and then at one point we were thinking about doing another uh recasting episode. We never got around to it, but it got me thinking, and so I started thinking about uh recasting the Princess Bride. Granted, there's definitely no need to remake this movie it's already perfect, perfect. so right. yeah there's no need to remake it but you know just for shits and giggles if they well, were you know to how remake it yeah hollywood likes drumming up things that made money in the past and like let's do it, it again baby exactly so if they were to do it again i came up with what i think is the fucking perfect cast for it so right, let's excited. dive right in so uh for the first roles i'm going with uh miracle max and yep. his wife, you remember, uh, originally played by Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Got real, you know, short uh, scene in the movie. They're not in it much, but they do make a quite the impact. So my choices for Miracle Max and his wife are Andy Samberg and Chelsea Peretti. Chelsea Peretti. Remind me who she is again? Uh, she's comedian, red hair. She was on the first, like, few seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Andy oh, Samberg. Yep, yep. perfect. It, Got it. They have awesome chemistry. They're both fucking hilarious. 
I think they would crush Miracle Max and his wife. That's a, I like it. Yeah. AJ, thoughts, thoughts on Sandberg and Chelsea? Well, you know, I, I like it. I like, um, you know, Billy Crystal, obviously, they, you know, they aged him up with the makeup and stuff. They can mm-hmm. easily do that with, with Andy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I and and obviously Chelsea Peretti's a you know she's not a, she's not an old lady, so they don't you know they yeah you know. But I think they could pull off like what you know what Billy Crystal and Carol Kane did as far right. as like that persona. Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. could do that well. Yeah, that's what I think. And that's so. you know uh, before you get too far into this, um, some of this I think we may have talked about this a little bit on the. Uh, clue recasting mm-hmm. but you know are these character are these new actors are they going to imitate the personality that the original actors did or are they mm-hmm. going to spin it their own because i could see sandberg and uh chelsea peretti easily being able to imitate uh billy crystal and carol kane was uh the woman yeah um but i could also see them killing it with their own twist on it they're both hilarious but yeah, it's easy, it's easily easy, fall into those roles. It's mm-hmm. easy to see though when you're recasting a film, you tr- sometimes you're just naturally trying to find someone that would do that it in a similar manner, right, manner right, right. or, or right. would embody the original character. Even though, to your point, Marky, like a a new spin or take on it would not be the worst thing in the world. I right. mean, there are always the remakes of Psycho that we have to deal with, but you know, they're good. <laughs> right? They can be, they can be, they can be good remakes. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move on to my next role. This one uh, is definitely one I think uh, w- would be different from the original, but this is uh, Count Rugen, aka the Six Finger Man. Six Finger Man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, originally played by Christopher Guest. Hmm. Uh, he he was the one character in the movie that like was never trying to be funny at all. He was always kind of serious and dangerous seeming, you know, and did did never joke around. He seemed kind of like the heavy. He was the the bad guy. He was the heavy. And if you're gonna go with someone that's just kind of scary like that, Michael Shannon. As a oh, six-fingered man, dude, I think would terrifying. crush it. <laughs> Michael Shannon just naturally has a terrifying demeanor. His resting face is scary, right? That's good. I think it's his like that 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 jawline he has. Yeah, is, yeah. Is just, just and scary. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's he's somehow handsome and yet uh, like conventionally ugly at the same time, which like kind of yeah, comes off. Don't know how his... he pulls that one off, but right. yeah, he does. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one. I also a big fan of my pick for Prince Humperdinck, uh, originally played by Chris Sarandon. You know, he's the other bad guy. Mm-hmm. But again, this one, he's a little more comical, has a little more fun with it. And when I, but he's also, you know, the bad guy and he tr- tries to be scary at points. So I think a, a guy that pulls off scary and funny and could do this role justice. Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah, he he is both parts. I agree with that. It'd be um, I it'd be interesting to see him do that because uh, I, I already forgot the name you just said of the guy that played the original Humperdinck, but it was hard to take him seriously as like when he tried to be uh, scary. Mm-hmm. He, he still seemed yeah, like a joke. He still seemed kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 
which played that role perfectly because yeah like he was supposed to be serious and uh the characters in the film his subjects had to like obey him but at the same time you could tell that he was just uh yeah a joke yeah exactly but like i said i I think adam driver could bring a little more you know scariness to him but also still pull off the funny shit so i'm I'm giggling inside by the way whenever you're just like (laughs) every time you mention a name i'm just hearing lines in my head (laughs) so uh all right so there we go we've got uh miracle max and his wife rugen humperdinck now let's move on to uh, uh the other three the uh, vizini fezic and inigo montoya mm. uh I, we'll, we'll start with fezic uh originally played by andre the giant he's just this big lovable goofball but super scary um he, thought of a bunch of different ways to go with this one but i landed on someone that for me is just someone like you'd look at and be afraid of but as i could also act and have fun and be goofy in this the way andre the giant was and for me jason momoa yeah is a scary looking motherfucker but could also be that kind of you know charming lovable physic right so can uh, i pitch one real quick yeah um just for the uh physical stature as someone that might be the closest Mm -hmm. and size living today to andre the giant would be uh half thor bjornson that played the mountain in the later seasons of game of thrones yeah um just his physical size and he you know he's not an actor but he's done some he's uh a strong man first and actually lately he's been doing boxing and he's cut a lot of weight but um he's i've seen some of his like social media videos and the dude is a jokester like he's always playing around so right. i can see him and he's got that really thick accent you know it's, it's he would naturally be able to in my mind be like this someone that you could barely understand has a super deep voice right. that uh almost embodies physique as physique as uh i mean that's almost like who he is in reality right so yeah i i thought about him i you know i thought about a few like uh uh the i is paul white he's uh like the big show now from uh oh, the wwe and he's been doing a bunch of acting lately too he's been in a few things he's you know that been pretty massive. good yeah so i thought of him too but i think if you go with someone like jason momoa you can give physic a little more to do as well sure. you know so and, try and, with him and yeah. jason momoa is big but um yeah i mean it, it would be a change in character because a little to a degree because obviously no one is as big as andre anymore right but jason momoa is still somebody that like you know if he's in the middle of a crowd people are going to be afraid of him you know right. like he, he's got that look and that size so that's why I went with that. I thought, I thought it could still, could yeah, it. it could still be lovable and goofy. Yeah, that's good. I like it. So, AJ, your your thoughts on Momoa as Vesic? Yeah, I, I, I'm just I don't know what I've seen besides Game of Thrones. Jason Momoa in I know uh, he's I, I know I know too. he's I know he's been on um, actually Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he did pretty good on there. Yeah, so I think he I think he could do it. You know, I think he's he's got the chops. 
He I played mean, um. Yeah, he's Aquaman in the DC. Yes, he's Aquaman, right, right. and he was uh, some years ago. He uh, they did a remake of Conan the Barbarian, and it, he he got pretty <sighs> pretty swole that. for that one. Yeah. It was decent, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, just stumbled across uh, maybe it was an Instagram post how somebody had just like clipped a quote from him saying that he hated what they did with the movie. He thought when he was working on the movie was a great, I forget the exact quote, but it just said like, I had so much fun working on the movie and then they turned it into a shit film. So it, it, the movie itself, that remake was nothing to really remember, but Mm -hmm. that was, is kind of when he kind of came out on the scene was this beast of a dude. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's keep rolling on then. Uh, let's go with Vizzini next. Uh, one of the, yeah, most popular characters from this movie. He's again, like, doesn't have a huge role. He's not in it as long as it seems like he is, because like he's got such an impact on the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's originally played by Wallace Shawn. Uh and again, he's kind of the mastermind of this group, but actually not really. That's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is. Right, and you know, just a really funny, funny character. Uh, I love my pick for this one. I think Alan Tudyk as Vicini <laughs> is fucking perfect. Especially if you shave the top of its head and give him like that same haircut. That would be mm-hmm. hilarious. Alan Tudyk is a gem. That guy can do anything. And yeah. I would love to see him in that. I think he would crush it. Yeah. AJ, thoughts, thoughts on Alan Tudyk here? I like Alan Tudyk quite a bit. So... And, and to your point about Vizzini, he doesn't need to be in more of the film that he's in. Right. Now, yeah. if you have the right person doing the, that, that role, mm-hmm. then you don't... I think more than what he was in the film would be too much. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he had the impact he had in such a way that, you know, he would have he would have gotten annoying if he was in there too long, probably. Yeah. Just the type of character he yeah, was. Such you know? a good movie. He needed to be put out of his misery, <laughs> you know, like when he was, you know, now go in against the Sicilian when <laughs> death is on the line. <laughs> God, what a good movie. Great scene. Tudyk also, because, and I know that this guy that played him originally wasn't like a very well-known actor, character actor, mm-hmm. but Tudyk's got those facial expressions that I think would... And the physical, yeah. the physical, you know, emotions in his face that show. Yeah, yeah, that would big work time. Really well for that. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's keep going. We got, we only got a couple more, uh, three more. So we got uh, the, the three big ones: Inigo Montoya. Mm. Uh, I mean, the mo- one of the most iconic lines in all of movie history. Is my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. It it it's not just me. It's not like because I love the movie, I feel this way. It's like this is fact. It's one of the most iconic lines in movie history. Uh, Inigo is such a great part of this movie. Originally played by Mandy Patinkin. Um, yeah. And, a great Mandy Patinkin. I love Mandy Patinkin. And this pick is, it, it's a bit outside the box. This is a guy that um, isn't super well-known right now. I think uh, a few months from now, 
is going to be much more popular than he is at the moment, or much more known than he is at the moment because he's got his own series coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, his name is Diego Luna. He played uh, Cassian oh. Andor on yeah, yeah, yeah. in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so they're coming out with an Andor series on Disney Plus, kind of a prequel to Rogue One with him as a star. He, like, he's got the look. He's got the attitude. Like, he, if you're not familiar with him, like I said, check him out. What Rogue One, by the way, possibly the best Star Wars movie of all time. I'd agree with that. I mean, it, like, everyone loves Empire. Everyone loves the original. Rogue One might be the best Star Wars movie mm-hmm. of all of them. It is so goddamn good. Uh, and Diego Luna is perfect in it and for me at least is a perfect Enrico Montoya I like that and I, I don't know him from he, he seemed familiar when I, mean, I saw him in Rogue One I felt like mm-hmm. I recognized him from something else but I haven't really seen him in anything yeah so he, he's I can't been really... in that he was in like Narcos uh series that's on Netflix that's probably what I saw him in but yeah not in a lot he started off in like uh as a soap opera actor okay yeah. nice but yeah, he's and like I said, he's gonna blow up. Once the Andor series is starting soon, so I think that'll be a a big boon for his career. And he he's uh, that from what I have seen from that guy, he is a more serious, you know, dramatic actor. And mm-hmm. uh, Mandy brought that to the character a little bit too. I mean, there was yeah. some joking parts when you were talking about uh, Inigo Montoya. Like for whatever reason, uh, Pedro Pascal popped up in my head, mm-hmm. but I feel I like I had him on my list as well. I, I feel like Pedro <laughs> yeah. Pascal is um, a little bit too kind of jokey and comical, just naturally mm-hmm. in nature to like kind of play that more serious role. I mean, he played yeah. the serious like Oberon Martell in Game of Thrones, but I don't know. Maybe it's every, everything that he's done since then has had like a comic turn to it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And we're down to our final two, the the two big ones. So we got Buttercup and Wesley slash the Dread Pirate Robert slash the Man in Black. But obviously, start with Buttercup. Uh, this one was kind of a tough call for me. I had a bunch of people in mind. But I landed on someone. I remember I actually saw her like, presenting at a, one of the award show like shows earlier this year. And she walked out on stage and was like, oh, my God, that's fucking Buttercup. Mm-hmm. And so I, I looked into it, and she's got history playing a princess, and she's got some serious acting chops as she's actually nominated for an Emmy this year for playing Pam Anderson in that uh, Pam and Tommy show okay. on Hulu. Uh, her name is Lily James. And, again, she's just she's got the look. She's got the charisma. She, to me, is a perfect buttercup. Yeah, I don't really know her from anything. Um, I've seen the trailers for that Pam. Was it Pam mm-hmm. and Tommy or whatever? Yeah. She um, did that, and she played... Uh, she was Cinderella in the the live-action Cinderella movie they made, like, five or six years ago. Okay. I'm so, going to have to trust your pick on that one. Though. Yeah. Really uh, again, not a more well-known person, but someone I think uh, could be perfect for this role, so... Nice. All right, and that brings us to the star of the movie, Wesley. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention <laughs> um, Buttercup. She was originally played by Robin Wright. Yes. Then she became Robin Wright Penn, and I think she's back to Robin Wright. Or Thank, um, so. Thank goodness. Something like that, yeah. So, But uh, Wesley, originally played by the great Carrie Elwes. I fucking love everything Carrie Elwes does. I, th- I think he's excellent. He was awesome as as Wesley uh, because he, you know, he just had this kind of suave demeanor about him and, you know, but still seemed like he could hold his own. So this is obviously a big, the the biggest role to cast. And I had a lot of trouble with this one, but I landed on someone I think could pull like might be awesome in this role. I think he could absolutely nail it. And that is Andrew Garfield. No, as I don't see that. He's got because he's British. He's already got the British accent, and he's very, you know. I think Andrew Garfield as Wesley would be a home run. I'm you don't think so, Marky? Huh? Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not into that, Marky. No, I'm a, uh, to me. Andrew Garfield is uh, just too goofy. Uh, and he, he, I resemble him more in shape than uh, Carrie. I don't. How did you pronounce his last name? Elvis. 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 At yeah. that age, when he did uh, Princess Bride, he was so pretty and handsome, and just like killed that role. And just you know, the fighting scenes. Maybe those were some of those were uh, stunt doubles. Sure. I mean, the flips and everything. Surely it mm-hmm. wasn't him. But you know, the line delivery and all that. He nailed it. Andrew Garfield to me, he's got like a big awkward head with ears that stick out. Like I just don't see him. I got an I disagree. Wow. Okay. I don't mind the Garfield one, but I do have an alternative for you, DP. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Matt Matt Smith. Ooh. I could see that. Yeah. Doctor Who, huh? Yeah. You'd have to staple a wig on his head because I don't know if he's got the hair. (laughs) No. Right. Right. Matt Smith doesn't have the hair. Are you thinking the same Matt Smith? It's, is that his hair? I always feel like he's wearing. He's got like uh, a Bruce Willis thing. I just on. assumed it was his hair. Or, I, yeah, I haven't seen the Doctor Who's. I've been watching more of. He's uh, on. He's on that new Game of Thrones spinoff that just. That's released. right. Yeah, he looks creepy as fuck on that. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I guess it is because he's he he's a real good actor. He is, and uh, it, he his just kind of like build and just suaveness i feel like would be more natural andrew garfield to me is mm. I, I, I just couldn't see it like i mean he's he, such he, a good actor though i think i don't know he, garfield mm-hmm. he could garfield sure I, but to me i feel like garfield is more naturally the simpleton that he played in hacksaw ridge that's that's what i see him more as like that, every day. all right, see, all see, right. i see him as, as spider-man and it, it, the show i recently saw him in under the banner of heaven like yeah i don't I, I don't know, and, and especially because like he could just go back to his natural British accent and sure. you know have that going for him, which and maybe that, maybe cooler, that's it, you know, <laughs> because I in my head when I think of Andrew Garfield, I do think of the character that he played in Hacksaw Ridge. So I, I'm hearing or I'm hearing mm-hmm. uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts with this weird Tennessee accent. Ah, oh, Andrew Garfield is British. That's yeah. part of the reason I picked him is because he's got a British accent. That's the whole reason I went with him. It's, yeah, you know, you, you get that, you know, smooth British accent the way yeah. fucking Wesley talked, you know, and that's I'd, that's why how I hear Andrew Garfield. So 
I'm gonna have yeah. to. I'm gonna have to see him read some lines. He's gonna have to do the table read. I, I can't. Okay. I can't mm. picture it. All right. All right. Again, I I think you'd nail it. My my other pick too was Jamie Dornan, uh, right. Irish actor from uh, that was in that movie Belfast. I think he's mm-hmm. he's got the look. Uh, and again, he's you know got that suave demeanor was, uh, to him. The yeah. guy from Fifty Shades. Oh, sure was yeah, okay. yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> um, he also did, uh, uh, what, fuck, what was that name? It was on Netflix. It was uh, based on a true story about these like Irish soldiers that were fighting in an African country. And Jamie Dornan was the like platoon commander. Very interesting story. Uh, they were just holding a base. And at the end of it, Spoiler alert, they didn't lose a single man and they held off like this uh, mercenary army that came after them. Pretty, pretty wild. Good movie, too. Just look up Jamie Dornan and find a, a war movie that he did. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, right, but yeah, I, I can't. I, I know. I, I think Andrew Garfield will nail it. So, so just quick recap Miracle Max and his wife, uh, Andy Samberg and Chelsea Peretti. Perfect. Uh, the Six Finger Man, Count Rugen, is Michael Shannon. Good. Uh, Prince Humperdinck, played by Adam Driver. Good. Uh, Vizzini, played by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> that to me is perfect. Yeah. Uh, Fezzik, played by Jason Momoa. Inigo Montoya, played by Diego Luna. Buttercup is Lily James. Wesley, Andrew Garfield. I'm telling you, Marky, watch more Andrew Garfield. You'll end up agreeing yeah, with me. I, I'm also just he not is the awesome. biggest. I don't know why. I'm sorry, but like, I'm not like a big Andrew Garfield fan. I don't know what it is. I don't hate him. It's just that like, I'm not a uh, like, oh, Andrew Garfield. You know, I'm like, eh, like, you know. I, I just maybe I haven't seen him in the right thing to. Have you seen a uh, Social Network? Yeah, long time ago. That was that was before like I really would have recognized the name but i do remember him in it he was Mm -hmm. terrific in that yeah yeah no i mean i'm not saying that he's not a good actor um Uh, but he had that more you know that role was a little heavier mm -hmm. you know so i know i I think he's yeah a fantastic actor i just uh there's some some people like as good as an actor as you are and very well could be wrong but i just don't see him like you know, to me, the uh, Dread Pirate Roberts was like an athletic fighter, and I just don't see that out of Andrew Garfield. Did like, you I can not see that. watch The Amazing Spider-Man? Did you not see him in Spider-Man No Way Home? I mean, come on. I did. I saw, I, Spider-Man. I saw more of him in No Way Home than I did in the two movies that he did. I you didn't watch saw, those ones? Nah, I only They're saw a couple good. minutes of those ones. So that that could be another thing too. I haven't seen a lot of different stuff out of him. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that's that's on you. Watch more shit. Yeah. You, yeah. You'll, hey, you'll uh, agree with me because I tell you what, sounds like I'm, I'm right. right. I'm yeah. always right. <laughs> Name the last time I was wrong. I'll wait. See, can't do it. All right, let's move on. It was a Tuesday, <laughs> August thirteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. It's actually hazy, about 85 degrees. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. I don't know. So AJ, I, you're the host. Take it, yeah, please. Well, I, I, I think this, 
I don't think this week is um, necessarily light in news, but I thought we'd take the time, the news segment, since we didn't really have a mm. lot of news to just do your recasting. I mm-hmm. did want to tell you guys about one thing before we move on to the main topic that I saw on Rotten Tomatoes, and they do this sometimes. Have you guys noticed this? They'll do like little brackets of things, and they do little, little tournaments like, you know, Sweet mm-hmm. 16 stuff. And they're doing it now with the studio A24. It's called the A24 Showdown. Cool. Mm-hmm. You want to know who the final four is? I do. Um, I do. I, I already know one of them. So it's Hereditary. Nice. Lobster. Ver- versus Ex Machina in nice, one matchup. And mm-hmm. Mids- Midsommar, so two Ari Aster films, mm-hmm. vers- versus Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, I, I knew that good. would be in the final four. And God, that A24. motherfucker better win because it it's one of the greatest movies. A24 ever is just they are crushing it, by the way, it. right? Yep, yeah. yep. So I want that's why I wanted to mention that. So Midsommar beat Eighth Grade, which I haven't seen, but I heard it's good, which Beat First Reformed, which is an Ethan Hawke film we'll get to later. Um, Hereditary beat that Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That's getting I've a lot of great reviews. Everyone loves that fucking it thing. Looks I haven't seen cute. it. I, and, I, and then they yeah. beat Ghost. And then they beat Ghost Story. Ex Machina. Ex Machina beat uh, Moonlight, and then and then Uncut Gems. Okay, I never saw. And then Everything movie. Everywhere beat. Um, what was that? Did Lobster not even get nominated? That. Lady Bird was the last one oh, they beat Lady to get Bird. to that. Yeah. Which is a really good film. Which Lady mm. Bird beat Room. They have so many good films in A24. Yeah. I got to blow up this. Um, it's like some of it's really small in the early rounds. I can't read everything. I got to I gotta posterize this thing. Make it bigger. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'll tell you, A24 is just killing it. They you really guys have are. seen The Lobster, right? I have not seen The Lobster. No? I haven't you, either. No. no. Okay. Well, I won't. Oh, you guys should check it out sometime if you're looking for something. It is, you know, something you would expect from A24. It's unlike anything else. It's mm-hmm. super bizarre. It's done very well. Um, Colin Farrell and um, uh, what's her name from The Mummy? Um, the original, or I guess she was in a couple of mummy movies alongside Brendan Fraser. Oh, 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 I know who you're talking about. Um, Ma- Mary, no, not her. Um, Rachel Weiss. Sh- yes, Rachel Weiss. Yes, 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 um, yes. And it also has the, uh, ah, fuck, I forget her name too. The blonde haired girl. She was uh, um, one of the Bond girls, the last Bond girl with Daniel Craig. Um, she got a French name. In any case, the lobster. Not Marion Cotillard, right? No. no, no, younger than that. She's blonde and. Uh, she was also had a very brief moment in Inglorious Bastards in the intro. She was one of the dairy farmer's daughters. The lobster, though, is very strange. Nothing else like it. And uh, yeah, it's just now thinking about it. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything because I, I, you should go into it blind. You'll just be walking away like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Same director as the guy that did uh, the favorite. I don't think mm-hmm. I saw that one. Yeah, the favorite was terrific with uh, Emma Stone and um, Olivia Coleman. Which can I say, by the way, real quick, just to, to go back, Emma Stone was my second choice for Buttercup. But I felt like her and Andrew Garfield, you know, with Spider Man and everything, they had kind of been in too much together. So, right. I went with Lily oh, James. 
Oh, and Marky, Rachel Weiss is in the favorite too. So okay. a favorite of this director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah. A A24. It's is one of those things when like a trailer pops up and I see the A24 logo, yeah. I, I, I immediately like stop what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, what's this? I'm interested. Right. Your attention's on it. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Me too. I, I feel the same way about them right now. I it's almost can't miss some you know you gotta you gotta at least pay attention to it that uh swiss army man did you guys ever see that movie no but Dan- been by the to. daniels yeah the, yeah oh that's right uh and uh starring dana radcliffe and paul dano again mm-hmm. super fucking bizarre unlike anything you've ever seen like that's a24 um I, th- I think we've mentioned this before at least maybe i have that uh a24 kind of picked up the torch with what uh, Annapurna Productions started to do where they were giving these oddball <laughs> scripts a chance and then you know they kind of went off and did whatever but A24 is the ones now that uh, they are to obscure good stories as like Lionsgate is to obscure horror movies you know how Lionsgate just cranks yep, out these yep. like w- weird horror movies but, yeah I mean, it, it, cinema is all the better for it when you have these uh, yeah. These films making their way, you know, um, to a, to at least places we can all see them. It, it, it's funny you say that about Anna Perner because uh, a couple months ago or so, not, not not too long ago, I was out to dinner and uh, our waitress at one point, like uh, she had mentioned something about being a screenwriter, mm. and then uh, or an aspiring screenwriter, I should say, is what she said. And then, like, when she came back again, I noticed uh, her the sweatshirt she was wearing. Had, it was all black, but it had a little black A24 logo on it. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, holy shit, A24. I, that's a cool sweatshirt. And she's like, oh, yeah, I actually used to work for them. Huh. Like, oh, get the fuck out of here. You know, actually, I have a close personal friend that <laughs> used to work for Annapurna <laughs> Studios. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. Is that how you said it? Yes, I did. Hell yeah, DP. <laughs> nice. Shout out Andrew Harder. Yeah, what yeah, up, AH, my boy. <laughs> well, I, so I just wanted to share that with you guys, and you know, obviously, you know, we all know how That's great eight twenty four is. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to start digging in more on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't know they did shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll do that to, depending on the time of year, what's going on. They'll do like mm-hmm. an Oscar showdown or whatever, over the whatever, or a horror movie thing during Halloween. Yeah, you know, I basically the, just go on look up the movie I'm curious was, about, and uh, that's it. But yeah, that's all I do. I too. Kind I, of I didn't check know out they the had website other... a little more. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, digging uh, Rotten Tomatoes, they're adding content regularly, and huh. you know. They have exclusive interviews and stuff. Like uh, they had like a uh, an interview with um, uh, Tatiana Maslany over for She Hulk, and mm-hmm. so you know they're doing that kind of stuff too. So check it out. It's an interesting name. So yeah, uh, she's she's awesome, by the way. I yeah, love her. she's great. Hey, can I just say, like, uh, just real quick, the fucking fragile males that are like review bombing She Hulk, cut it out. Uh, I mean, I come did. on. Oh I, yeah, it's I didn't know that was a roasted. thing, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, come on, cut it out. There's <laughs> only been one episode, but it was great. And Tatiana Maslany is fucking excellent as Jennifer Walters slash yeah. She Hulk. Yeah, 
I didn't know it was out yet. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, the first I've been, episode I've been just in dropped us. Uh, yeah, I've been kind week. of curious what she was gonna do after uh, Orphan Black, and mm-hmm. this is it. This is her next project. So this is yeah. interesting. So, all right, guys. Well, here we are. We can avoid it no longer. Yeah, we're gonna review the movie The Black Phone. So The Black Phone stars Ethan Hawke, and it's based off a short story by one Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Oh, a good, shit. He's a, a good, a good writer. Right, yeah, he's a good writer on his in his own right. He's um, he's written several feature-length novels, but this is a sh- it, it, amongst a collection of short stories, I think, called 20th Century Ghost or 21st Century Ghost, something like that. It's It's part of a collection. Okay. And I think they renamed it the Black Phone or something to sell more, you know, sure. copies or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, that it came out this year, and um, basically, it's about this guy called the called the Grabber, and he's kidnapping he's kidnapping young kids, young boys, uh, putting them in his basement, and you know, doing s- stuff to them eventually that gets to anyway. <laughs> so. He grabs uh, Finney, who's his latest victim, um, and kidnaps him and throws him in his soundproof basement. And all of a sudden, Finney starts getting calls from this black phone that's that the grabber keeps telling him doesn't work. That's yeah, what he, it. It's not plugged into anything. Yeah, you right. can see it's, the wires just hang, dangling. Right. He says that phone doesn't work. And blah blah blah. So it's ringing, and ran. He's picking it up, and on the other end are the the, the deceased victims, victims his previous victims and they're sort of walking him through how to get out of there mm-hmm. and it and then it goes from there no you know i'm not trying to spoil it necessarily but um that's the story at its base level um i kind of want to hear what marky thinks of this film well it, can, can we can we spoil it i think we could so there's yeah. some things i want to talk All right, about fine, the very fine. spoiler spoilers everybody spoiler alert spoiler alert we're spoiling Marky. Spoil away. Um, I don't need to get to that necess- that point at the end or that scene at the end yet. I just want to go ahead and put that disclaimer out there now, sure, because I might be spoiling stuff before it. But I, no, I like the movie as a uh, as a whole through and through. It's fun. I did know it was written or based off a short story, and you guys may maybe previously mentioned this, and I just didn't catch pick up on it that it was Joe Hill, aka uh Stephen King Jr. or whatever his name is. Um but it's funny. Stephen King Jr. is it. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's yeah, funny uh as as I'm concerned. thinking about that now because <laughs> as far as I'm he uh this this short story and this film very much feels like one of those movies that would be cranked out from granted maybe not as thorough or not that's not even the case i was going to say as thorough as uh, misery but misery itself wasn't that deep of a story also based off a short story pretty simple misery is a feature-length novel was it i thought it was a short one in any case um no i like this movie for the most part and you could kind of see uh where it was going pretty easily definitely there, there wasn't a lot of um uh, like oh shit, you know there things that like jumped out at you. Um, I did. I I liked how uh, Ethan Hawke being one of the 
uh, main attractions, if you will, to the movie, because like maybe the only, the most notable actor, at least in the movie, you only got glimpses of his face. You never even really saw his face. And also I I went into this movie blind. Uh, Once you guys picked the movie, I chose not to watch a trailer. I chose not to read the description. I just went into it totally blind, which was fun. I love doing Mm -hmm. that if I can. Um, And afterwards I watched a trailer on the movie just because uh, we watched it on Peacock. If you have a Peacock subscription, it's free there. Um, Mm -hmm. Once the credits were done, the, the, on the thumbnail, it just kind of played the trailer. The trailer showed more of Ethan's Hawk face than the actual movie did. So they, they, they cut that out. Um, I thought that was a nice touch though, because you know, he wears this mask throughout the movie and it's cool how he will either choose just to wear the uh, it's like two pieces, like a top and a bottom piece. And he'll either wear just the bottom piece or the top and the bottom together. I don't think he ever does just the top, but um, Mm -hmm. he changes. Sometimes he'll change the facial expression on the bottom, like whatever the mouth is doing. There was like a smile. Then there was a grimace. Um, Very creepy. And (laughs) then it's set. And it's, it's also uh, the story kind of works too, because it's set in what it was the seventies or Mm eighties. Yeah. Late seventies. Yeah. I think it's, yep. Um, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll give up my podium so you guys can uh, kind of go back too. But for the most part, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. Um, I'd recommend I'd recommend it to anybody that's into this kind of genre. And pass. <coughs> Next. Do you mind? Do you, do you mind if I jump in here? No, TV go for it. This? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did like Black Phone. I definitely mm-hmm. liked it. I so. What it, I was telling this to my son on the way home from dinner tonight that um, I didn't spoil it for him because I want him to listen to tonight's episode. And when he hears <laughs> when he hears all the spoilers, then spoiler. he can be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> or he can stop and watch it and then listen to the rest of this yeah. episode. So it made me realize that I need to go back and read some more like of that old Stephen King stuff because it reminds me like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, right. Joe Hill writes a lot of stuff that reminds me of Stephen King, but with his own sort of flair to it, his own, you know, uh, you know, things. But it takes me back to that because Stephen King wrote a lot of stories about like Stand By Me, stories about like kids in trouble or kids, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, you know what I mean? That sort of backdrop. Yeah. And uh kids, kid uh, people getting kids getting kidnapped, kids get, you know, or killed. And also like the supernatural sort of thing with the, yeah. you know, the, the, the voices on the phone and all that. That's, you know, dead coming back to life sort of thing. Not physically, but you know what I mean? Um, and it made me realize I got to go back and, and, you know, reread Pet Cemetery and reread the you know, some of the, yeah, the shiny, some of these books that just blew me away when I was a kid. And that's, it was such nostalgia walking, watching this film. That's and, what, yeah, it, I got that feeling for sure. I didn't it felt think like he, one of those old stories. I didn't think Ethan Hawke was amazing. And I actually thought the kid actors were awesome. Yeah. I thought they did a terrific That little girl job. was incredible. Yeah. So she, they, both of them, the kid and her, they did terrific jobs and they were believable. Um, and I just didn't think Ethan Hawke had a ton to do there at times. Like right. he wasn't really menacing to me. I guess the, the situation 
was menace was 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 scary for for the kid but you know and then obviously him sitting up there in the kitchen like waiting for him to come up to be the naughty boy yeah that was obviously creepy yeah um anyway so i did like it a lot i liked um i liked uh, how it sort of resolved at the end Mm -hmm. um i liked how the plan came together for him and like you said mark it was like kind of obvious how it was going to end at a point you're like yeah well he's going to put all that stuff together eventually and Mm -hmm. then it's he's going to enact his plan i didn't see the dog come into the picture like no the the meat i didn't i was like what the fuck is that for yeah and at at one point i thought maybe are those kid steaks are those children's steaks that he's got in that freezer yeah yeah Um, so so i'm like okay and then as you're putting the pieces together you're like wow and then, then knowing knowing the situation with the house across the street, and it was that was just, that was, was that just, was a surprise. I, I, you know, yeah, because they didn't. Well, it was a surprise also because they didn't give any kind of hint in the movie. No, as to as to where the bodies were. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, right, right. So I I think you know the the whole thing with the 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 sister having the um the dreams. Um, I do want to all on of that. That that, that yeah. is that is sort of like a hallmark of that. These these stories that I mean, Joe Hill the, has written the some King stuff. family. <laughs> well, Joe Hill has written some books that, like you know, the supernatural comes into play, like Horns. You guys ever read Horns? That's no, um, is that the Daniel Radcliffe movie? That's the movie Daniel Radcliffe, right? So, you know, there's like supernatural and and like dead coming back to life, telekinesis, like demonic stuff. Like it just it's all like part of the world, that world that they're you know. But anyway, I liked it. I liked it, Dan. So, yeah, that's the thing. There's parts of it that I liked, and parts of it that I was like, ugh. Um, I so first of all, yeah, part I liked the the kids, uh, especially the one that played Finney. That kid was awesome. Mm. Like I, I thought Great. the the kid who played Finney was excellent. Um, I thought it was kind of a waste of Ethan Hawke basically because of that mask that mask mm-hmm. made it so like you didn't get much from ethan hawk could have been anybody it, it could have been a fucking voiceover from ethan hawk like <laughs> right. you know and it seemed like a waste to me um i i thought the the girl that played the sister was great but mm-hmm. what the fuck are the police doing believing some little girl's dreams i think and actually out- acting on it like <laughs> sending fucking officers to a house because an eight-year-old girl said I had a dream. Like well, it, that just didn't seem to fucking work for me. Like it, 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 it took me out of the movie. And like, why are the cops listening to this eight-year-old girl? I think they like, were out this of doesn't answers. make sense. Yeah, they yeah, didn't, they didn't have anything to do. It was like a last-ditch effort because they couldn't figure it out. Well, and and the girl uh, mentioned the black balloons, and they said like, we haven't told anybody about the black balloons. How did right. you know that? So then they were right. a little bit interested. Wasn't one? Yeah, it was almost that suspend disbelief thing, obviously, with a lot of the elements of this film because of the the Mm. sort of mystical or supernatural stuff that was going on here. Uh, I think most of it worked, but I I'm 100 percent on you on on board with you, DP. Like Hawk had nothing to do really. Like you could have put anybody there playing that role, and it would have been just Mm -hmm. fine. They could have just worn the mask and been all creepy, sat in that chair. Yeah. 
or come down and you know got mad, mm. thrown the thrown the lunch on the floor or whatever. Like throw the egg. Just didn't. Yeah, he didn't have much to do. That was the problem. Like he's an he's an actor that starred in you know Academy Award nominated films. Like I mean, he's give him something to do. Yeah. Shit, the father exactly. had the father of the kids had more to do. Right, oh, Jeremy guy. Davies. He, an, another Lost. thing <laughs> I thought was great. I like. I thought he was good as like the real kind of piece of shit dad yeah. that didn't know how to be a good dad, but would you could see by the end was at least trying to, but didn't know how to do it. Like I thought the way he pulled that off was really good. Um, yeah, he was good. Yeah. And, and I did, I dug the supernatural elements of it. The, the kid, mm. how it was like basically every kid he killed was helping him get out of yeah. there. You know, like they, each one of them kept calling him and helping him and, you know, I, I thought that was cool. And the way he ended up getting out, like I said, digging through to the freezer there. Yeah. And by doing that, got the steak to give to the dog. Like, yeah, that whole part, I thought that was done really well. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. But, you know what I, th- you know what I thought yeah. was interesting before you jump? I'm sorry. I just don't mm, no. So, so some of the kids he was talking to, the longer ago they were killed, the less they sort of like remembered who they uh, were. Yeah. They didn't mm-hmm. know the name. Which I thought was like a nice touch, I guess. Right. That was cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah, that was a yeah. nice touch. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, that's you know, cool. They were killed a long time ago. They didn't really know who they were. Then, but like the kid, mm-hmm. the tough kid, that was like they showed the flashback. Yeah, his buddy that yeah. would beat people up for him. <laughs> yeah. Or, or no, the no, one no. That, the, the, no, no, the one that the, got arrested. With the long hair. Oh. Yeah, he beat a bunch of kids up in the arcade the, or whatever. The, the kid mm-hmm. pulled a knife on him, and he just like punched the kid in the yeah. face. Yeah, the dude, yeah, yeah. that was a, a ripoff of the kid from Stranger Things. <laughs> yes, 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 Billy. He was like a blonde hair with Eddie Munson. <laughs> no, not Eddie, Billy. Yeah. Billy, Billy, yeah. yeah. I thought uh, from the prior season, he yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, Max's yeah. brother. Billy did have blonde hair, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, he was like a ripoff of him exactly. Same hairstyle, yeah. like right. same haircut, same Fight, everything. Yeah, walking around all pissed off, fighting everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was a nice touch how they like, you know, the kid was kept repeating to him, your arm is your arm is mint. It's mint. Yeah. yeah. Like because that, that was the yeah, only that was the only interaction. Yeah, that was mint. but that, but yeah. remember that was the only like real interaction they had. Mm-hmm. They weren't friends, they didn't know each other. So by the time when it got right. to um the kid that was his friend, the tough kid, yeah, uh, I forget his name, Robin, then he was really working with him, talking to him. Because he was them. the last one. Yeah, he was the mm-hmm. last one to get snatched. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. It, it, yeah, that, that was the part I liked, was that supernatural, it, that whole element I thought was done well. Mm. I just thought they fucking wasted Ethan Hawke. 100%. Yeah. And, and especially, I, I think part of it, too, was going into it, I've heard, like, oh, Ethan Hawke is so great in this. you got to wait till yeah. you see Ethan Hawke. Like I didn't see it's, Ethan Hawk. I just, just heard a, a mask. A placeholder. Like, Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it was, seemed like a waste of money almost. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just get a big name in here. Yeah. That you might know, have, just, that you may know have been mean? the part of the marketing. You know, just oh, you guys, you gotta see Ethan Hawk in here. That's almost like the tagline of the movie. You right. have to see mm-hmm. Ethan Hawk. Right. The, the, like, the, well, the I barely name, fucking the, did. The name you're gonna recognize, basically. Yeah. Right. The only name you're gonna recognize at first. Yeah, you, you guys talking about because uh, I watched this movie a little over a week ago and I didn't write any notes mm. down at the time, but you guys uh, talking about it again is kind of like jog my memory a little bit on some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
DP, you mentioned the cops trusting the little girl. Mm-hmm. There, there was uh, this the, uh, in my high school, uh, a mother of a girl in my high school that I was dating this girl for a little bit. And she confided in me at one point that, you know, this is like a small country town out here in the South. She said that the local police department came to her mother a few times back in the day for seance, for helping to find uh, any any uh, leads on like a missing person or a murder case. So, mm-hmm. you know, you see that every once in a while pop up in film, you're always like, no way. That's fucking right. bullshit. Right. Again, I was just told, but it was I was told by the daughter. Like, I don't it, it'd be more embarrassing if it was fake. Why would you say a fake story like that? But or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. And then uh, Ethan Hawke is this placeholder guy. It's, I agree because uh, I, I just watched The Northman again on the plane, which I feel like I need to boost my rating up on that a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it a lot more the second time I watched it because I, my uh, expectations then weren't, you know, there because I already knew. And I, I very much enjoyed watching the movie. It's a solid four. Yes. Um, and Ethan Hawke, as much as his, uh, his role is short in that, he's there's a his facial expressions what he he puts out is very emotional and powerful right there's so, quality of a quantity there right like he's not right. in a lot of the film but what he's there for has is is very impactful and his face is just locked off and in, in this yeah um yeah he's so, wearing you know, a freaking mask yeah like, so you don't get that's it, it. You yeah. never get him. Like, what's the most you see of his face? Like, it's painted white when he's kidnapping him. It's painted white when he's kidnapping him, and then at the very end, when he gets his yes, 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 or neck broken, his face is blood red. Which, by the way, his death was very satisfying. That was very the best. Satisfying. Yes, that was the best part about the movie because he's this piece of shit the whole time. He's killed multiple kids. You know that he's been uh, torturing Finney. Puts and, an axe into his brother's head. Yeah, kills his own brother. Just like, yeah. yeah, puts him down. And then Finney with all these little things that the uh, dead boys have been. And then he kills him with a phone cord. <laughs> yeah, they piece him together. But he Finney, <laughs> Finney digs like that punji pit and, yes. and leaves the window grate at an angle. And so like when his foot falls on it, he snaps his ankle. Yeah, Whoa. that was gross. And then he just starts <laughs> smacking him in the face with a weighted uh old rotary phone yeah like mm-hmm. receiver putting sand in the receiver. oh he yeah. was he yeah. was he was plugging him in the face with that thing and then he chokes him and then the phone that's disconnected to, uh, this time completely disconnected because the cord's been mm-hmm. it's been ripped off the wall and it starts ringing and finney's like it's for you and puts it to his <laughs> ear and all the boys like talk shit one last time and then finney just yeah like snaps his neck very satisfying yeah Yeah. it was great yeah Um, smart storytelling i think during certain points it's like i like that but um, but can i say real quick though yeah the story the the whole storyline of the like the cokehead brother Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out who it was and it's his own brother the whole time Uh, that could have been left out that that was so unnecessary (sighs) Sam actually know. pegged it. Sam pegged yeah. it as soon as that uh, the cops came to that cokehead brother's place. She was like, "He's there." Yeah, <laughs> and then and then it scrolled down. You're like, "Yep, told you, he's there." That that, that yeah. was that was that whole yeah. thing just seemed kind pointless. of pointless. Yeah, it was weird. It was. I think it was. 
yeah, I agree. Maybe, maybe just to you know show that uh, the cops were out of answers because they had you know uh, canvassed every house and mm-hmm. you know I don't know. Um, I was thinking the, it was. Gonna, I was thinking. I was thinking it was going to be a Buffalo Bill thing again. Yeah. <laughs> what's that? You know, in Silence of the Lambs, when, uh-huh. they, when, she, when Clarice ends up at Buffalo. Oh wait, <laughs> she's a great big fat person. Yeah. <laughs> So when they had knocked on the door, when he answered, I was thinking it was going to be Ethan Hawke answering the door. Yeah. Oh, my. I think I've got his card here somewhere. <laughs> oh, my. And then he does that weird, like, and then he does that weird, like, they does that weird contortion thing with the body and then runs around the corner. Yeah, he just drops all the business cards. And- <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be some creepy standoff with the cops like that, you know. Yeah. But the, it um, turned out the brother answers the door and I'm like, Oh, but who's this? To, who's this dude? And then I'm like, oh, okay, all right, this is this is silly. <laughs> talking of, talking about the uh, the the little sisters, um, I don't know what you call them, prescient capabilities. Is that the right word? Premonitions, yeah. or yeah. yeah, what do you call I, that? I don't feel like those were necessary because you know, in the end, she it brought her to the house, but. Finney walked outside the, the door at the same time. So, like, was it that necessary? Maybe, well, no, because she did find the corpses. Like, maybe they wouldn't have thought to search the house across mm. the street to find the boys. So, right. Right. Um, but, but Finney did it all himself. Yes. Yeah. And that was, that well, was, with nice, the help, if some, her with the, and the cops, with some help from there, his friends. Yes. Yeah. His dead friends. Yeah. If her and the cops weren't there, he still would have just he walked, still walked out the front He would have walked out the front door and been like, I got to yeah, get it right was down and. So that couch, that so. scene is what I was alluding to earlier. Um, when Finney first walked out the front door and he made eye contact with his sister, Sam and I both said the same thing. We're like, oh shit, he's dead. Like we thought that he he thought that he won and he walked out the front door and his mm-hmm. sister saw him just like she saw the other four or five dead boys in the street. And mm-hmm. then I, I almost feel like the uh, director... I guess might make this decision or maybe the writer uh, if it was in the book um, that was intentional just the way it would played out because there was a brief moment where only they were looking at each other and then they ran across the street and embraced and I still wasn't sure that he wasn't dead and then the cops came over and acknowledged him I'm like oh shit okay he's he's really there yeah I don't know if you guys got that but I, 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 I mentioned it yeah it didn't cross my mind at the time um I guess because of the way he took him down, I was like, I, I was like, mm-hmm. that's how that's so satisfying. I'm I'm not even thinking along those lines, but yeah, I can see why. I, I can see why. I can see why. I was thinking that because also he the whole story he wasn't standing up for himself, and then like he has this beautiful arc where he does, which as a story is beautiful, but it also kind of works in the morbid way that it was tragic. Only in only in his mind like it didn't right. actually happen yeah I, I was gonna say like in the original book if he you know was dead and she came he came out and she was the only one that saw him and it turns out he's dead that works for the book that works for I don't Stephen know, king jr yeah. i don't know if they could pull that off for a movie though like i think yeah. for the movie they had to make it so he was still alive so i do wonder maybe if in the original book he was dead it and, was the miss know. that was a short story that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. So. And they 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 did change the ending of the mist from what Stephen King right. had done. 
So okay. yeah, because you know, the movies you gotta have a happy ending. Books you don't have to have a happy ending. Right. Well, well, the mainstream so, stuff like that, you know, if you want to, yeah, exactly. you know, sell tickets to the theater. Oddly enough, though, I think I in the curious. mist they made they made it darker than Stephen King did. Actually, I tell you what, AJ, go read the book. Well, I'm gonna hit pause on the recording. Go read the book. Come back and let us know. Okay. Right. And here we go. We're pausing now, and we're back. AJ, what happened to the book? He was alive. <laughs> Any, anything else in the book that uh, stood out from yeah, the film? Yeah, anything else you want to share? Yeah, yeah. He he from the never book he definitely read. Yeah, how, there was, how long the, was the whole it? thing with the upper mask and the lower mask. That wasn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't eggs. It was bacon. He brought him bacon down there yeah. in the basement. That changed yeah, he, a lot of he shit. He never off. he never threw the lunch on the floor <laughs> come on guys i mean oh god and it was purple blend it's not black i don't right. know why they would change that and the kid's name was rick not, and, the, and the friend's name was rick not robin <laughs> but anyway so you guys we, we all pretty much i think we have a favorable opinion of black yeah phone. you know it yeah, wasn't, i didn't hate uh, it yeah, it it wasn't outstanding, but like I said earlier, I would recommend it to anybody that's into that kind of genre. Mm-hmm. What, do you, um, what, do you, what do you what do you give it for a rating then? Out of five, uh, yeah. uh, three point six two five. Okay, interesting. Just over three and a half. That's a three and five eighths. I got you. <laughs> I I would go with like three to three and a quarter, someone there in yeah. that range. Like it would. It was a passing grade, but not like, you know, a great passing grade. Gotcha, so, you gotcha. know, yeah, was, you know, three, three and a quarter. I was, there. I was, I was in your range, GP. I, mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm struggling with the Ethan Hawk casting. Like that's, that's really throwing me off a little bit, but I'll, I'll go three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, solid um, three and a quarter. Yeah. I, I understand where you guys are coming from with the Ethan Hawk thing. Ethan Cock thing, <laughs> but he, you know, it is a placeholder role. I'm not really been out of shape that we didn't get any more out of Ethan Hawk. I mean, I like the guy, but it, to me, I guess why I like the movie so much, and it wasn't that. Again, maybe you guys already told me, and I just forgot. But when watching it, it felt like that nostalgia, like DP mentioned, because it, it has so many hallmarks of. Mm-hmm an old King story and obviously yeah. I'm to find out it's written by his fucking son. So yeah, it, it makes, makes me want to, it makes me want to go read those, those books again. But I wonder if that's what I go maybe, read Cujo right now. I wonder if that's why I liked it more when watching it, because I didn't realize it at the time. And I just felt like this was a nice homage to those stories. Yeah. Come to mm-hmm. find out it is just a kind of version of those stories because it's coming from the same mm-hmm. fucking household. Absolutely. So they got they got they got you know they got their twisted minds going, right? But, I'd like uh, to. Have you guys read anything from him? Uh, yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Hill or Stephen yeah, King? Yeah, yeah I read. Hill. I read Horns. I okay. read Nosferatu. Uh huh. Which was creepy as all fuck. By the is way, is it like a modern vampire? Or is he? Does he go back S- in time? Sort, sort of, sort of. It, it's a little cre- It's a little more twisted than that. You should read it. Okay. I'm yeah, still going through the Dune it's, series right it's now. It's fucked up. I'm on, fucked I'm up. on uh, book six of the Frank Herbert Dune series. And, and I started reading um, 
So he did a comic series called Lock and Key. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, that he it's actually wrote. a uh, TV. So, they turned so it into was, a TV series. Net, I was going to say net, that name Netflix, sounds familiar. Netflix. They yeah. just put out a third season, I think, on Netflix. But mm. it's like haunted house sort of stuff. Interesting. But it's good. It's 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 pretty twisted. Yeah. I think it's it's right in line with with with, with those guys. Yeah. So that father son duo. <laughs> Well, they didn't do it together. Joe Hill did it. But... And remind me, Stephen King, is he still alive? And is he still writing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes and yes. Okay. Yeah, I have a book that he wrote recently that I need to get around to reading called uh, Later. And it sort of strikes me as uh, as like uh, similar to something he'd done in the past. So cool. it's it, it speaks to me. It's it's uh, um, Yeah. Plus, I want to go back to maybe some of the ones I missed um in his early days but yeah joe hill's got some good stuff okay and like i said the black phone is part of a short story collection so probably worth uh taking a peek at that yeah i i, I might be more inclined to actually uh pick up the, uh, that short story collection yeah that 25 almost, 30 pages you know right it sounds almost more intriguing to me yeah didn't I, I, I kind of thing yeah definitely it's like uh it's an easy way to get into an author i think Right. short stories you know mm. uh, everyone should every great author should have a short story collection yeah. you know let, let us read like 25 pages mm-hmm. of yeah. what you can do beginning middle and end and you know speaking of that i've i've been loving these i mean this is where we start to go off the rails maybe aj might have steer us back but i've been loving these uh short story uh, primarily on Netflix, you know, there's Love, Death, and Robots, and then there's also the Oat Studios. I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys. That was more of a live action one, but it's the same kind of premise where, you know, these episodes that are seven, uh, 15, 20 minutes long that have nothing to do with the other, and they're mm-hmm. they're their own premise. Um, they're like an anthology series almost, right? Like, right. In yeah. a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, I love these, uh, there's these cool concepts they're almost like pitching and uh, it makes me wonder when i'm watching these like they're it's like they're pitching stories to see how popular there there might be a reaction to one or the other Mm. and then like it could be a full-fledged thing either movie or show do do you do you like love death and robots i I tried to watch season one i watched about three episodes and i fell off it i really did um it's 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 got a couple seasons right at least a couple or three yeah two or three um it's hit or miss on those episodes because you know that it's uh the creators are different too right right it's all different and it's all different animation too. animation yeah directors writers all that um so some of those episodes are awesome fantastic and then some of them you could just forget about um like there's one in the first season that I still think about occasionally it's this world war two story of these Soviet soldiers that are deep in the East of Russia. And they accidentally come across this like gate of hell and they're having to fight these demons off. And it's this, and in this world, it's a swept over part of the war. Like it's erased from history, but there's this platoon of Soviet soldiers that had to fight demons out in like the tundra. And it's just a cool little short story. I mean, it's, it's fun. It was neat, very gory. Um, and they, they pitch these ideas that are it's usually sci-fi or demonic related with that particular show. The Oat Studios, the first episode is done by Neil Bloomkamp, 
which is the guy that did uh, District Nine, District Nine right, and Elysium, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. So, so he's kind of like he did District Nine. I feel like he's just sort of gone downhill. Where, ha- where has he been? Yeah, I haven't like, seen. What happened he, to him? Yeah, I know. And like the District Nine was fantastic. Elysium was not as good. And then there was another one that he did. Uh, right, which I saw had what was panned. It wasn't good at all. With right, right, and I can't remember it. So there you go. But uh, this this episode that he did in this show called Oat Studios was fantastic, and it's it okay. It has Sigourney Weaver in it. If nothing else, I recommend you look up Oat Studios on Netflix and just watch that first episode. Oat like O A T like like steel cut oats, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oat Studios, um, okay. and the it has a very District Nine feel to it. This episode. And I watched the rest of the Oat Studios season. They weren't as good as that first one. And it, uh, the ones that were good, including this first episode, the problem I had with it is that it, w- it teased it so much. And then it was just ended on a massive cliffhanger. And then you get nothing okay. else. And that kind of you know, might piss some people off. It, and this even, Oat Studios, it's an anthology series. It, it, I, I'm not totally familiar with how you're using that word in this context. Maybe I'm just so, stupid, but it, so no, 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 you're not. It's uh, self-contained episodes, the way yes. like uh, what's it called? Black Mirror. Black Mirror, right? Yes. Yeah, Twilight Zone. Yeah, absolutely. Very Each much. Each episode right. is okay. a self-contained. Love, death, and robots. Yes, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yes, there's no correlation between one episode or the other. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I will look that up. So it, it, it I don't think we got off the rails, guys. I think you know. Last week we did this too. We wanted to recommend things to people. We want to talk about what people should be watching. You know, we don't necessarily have to relegate it to film, but I think so, there's a lot of bleeding in, you know, mm-hmm. to to both places. So you know, it's yeah. okay to it's okay to recommend that. I have one I want to talk to you guys about. I don't know a lot about it yet, and I hope you guys have heard of it. So that, or actually, I hope you guys haven't heard of it, just so I will blow your minds. Oh, so don't mind a blow. Mind right now. <laughs> so, key, so, so if I, so if I, st- if you start to know it after I say words, then interrupt me. Guillermo, right. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I'm just winning the shark said, saying words. Yeah, you're, if, you're just if, speaking if you, gibberish now. Guillermo, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. You yeah, recognize we heard words. the gibberish. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> So there's an anthology series coming out from Guillermo del Toro called The Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes, I, I have heard about this. Okay. This looks amazing. October 25th, it releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it just says it's it's uh, sinister stories told by some of today's most revered horror creators, including the directors of The Babadook, which I haven't seen, which I heard is terrific. It is very good. I recommend Splice, it. Mandy, DP's, one of DP's favorites. Yeah. Splice is fucked up. And many more. So there's a. Um, it starts October 25th, season one, episode one. It looks like I don't know what if it's Netflix. I don't know where it's where it's coming. Uh yeah, it's Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um. So guys, this one looks very very interesting. I I mean I can't necessarily recommend it yet, but I think I could recommend Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> no, like. I, I, I recommend I would, him. I would, think so, I would think so, but I haven't watched anything from him in a long time. 
You so know. I can I can recommend him just based on Pan's Labyrinth alone. <laughs> I love that movie. I do, hands down. But you know, and since that's then, all I'll do. Something well, he did. So since I'll, then, I'll tell you the first episode. Like, like I said, oh, Nightmare anthology. Alley is that Guillermo? Nightmare uh-huh. Alley. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, episode one is done by the girl that did the Babadook, Jennifer. Jennifer Kent. Kent. And I love that movie. Yeah. That was terrifying. So that that's episode one of uh, this one. And then uh, the episode two is written by David S. Goyer. So, hey What do you do? Uh, you know, little things like The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that little oh, picture. Did, did, did he write the screenplay for that, or did he? Uh, yeah, The uh, Dark Knight. Well, he, he was like the story writer. On oh, okay. That's it. cool. And he That's did, really um, cool. Uh, what's it called? Like Suicide Squad and stuff like that. Oh, oh sure. nice, nice. Wait, wait. So it's not, necessarily, it's not the... necessarily like horror writers. It's just like James a collection of talented creators doing it, these uh, stories. Exactly, yes. So that's cool. That's really, really cool. Um, I am looking forward to that. I think the anthology... The whole idea of the anthology series is interesting because it brings like different creators together doing unique different things that maybe like reside in the same universe or or they have like a similar theme to them or whatever. Um, yeah, AJ, I kind of like that. If you gave up on Love, Death, and Love, Death, and Robots, I recommend that you pick it back up. You don't since they are unrelated. I don't think you need to watch them all start to finish. You could almost just read the bio of and each fit, episode. See which one like, piques my curiosity. Exactly. Um, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that for sure. And I, th- I think they got stronger. I think it's maybe three seasons. And I feel like they got stronger with because it became more and more popular. And then like they kind of mm-hmm. brought more talent to the table. I don't know. But it's I, I enjoyed all of them for the most part. Some of them were fantastic. So actually, actually before we even came on the air tonight, I was... I was planning on bringing up Cabinet Curiosity, so we're not off the cool. rails, guys. We're not cool. off the rails. And I wasn't aware of that. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. And that, that would like, and I like I just said, I haven't seen anything from Guillermo del Toro in a long time. Yeah, this would be a nice like uh, introduction back into him. Um, I can't remember what it was that I watched, and I felt like I was jaded by what it was. Uh, not Shape of Water, right? No, I actually like that one. Yeah. Um, I think it was earlier than that. Was was did he do the one where Benicio del Toro was the werewolf? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. He did Hellboy. I like that. Yeah. Yes, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Who doesn't? I did not see a nightmare alley though. Yes, neither did I, and that's one I'm I'm interested in for sure. Mm -hmm. Um I, that'd be it. That'd be an interesting one too. When did that come out, guys? Do you remember Nightmare Alley, like twenty twenty one, maybe? Pretty recent. Was the last one? Yeah, it was his last it, one. Yeah. Yeah. It, maybe it might be cool. You, neither one of you have seen it, right? No, we we. Uh, I haven't. I know TW saw it. Remember? Yeah, he was trying to get us this, to watch it. Yeah, guy we used to know. <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, I know the listeners have no idea who we're talking about, but this guy named Tim that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he used to be on the show, Dan. I, yeah, we know. He's, right. he's a figment of the podcast imagination. So I'm, 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 I'm thinking, like you know, he is coming out with this cabinet curiosities. Maybe we, maybe we uh, review Nightmare Alley. 
Mm. Next week. It's yeah. on it's on HBO Max. Oh, I'll right, watch it. Right. Why not? Like that, um, I've been a fan of Guillermo. Came out in two, you know, came I out twenty twenty Labyrinth. I love oh my fucking God. Hellboy. Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. So good. That's so good. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite films. Seriously. It's so good. Yeah. That, it surprised uh, me how much I liked it. That mm-hmm. special effects director. Was, would that be the right title for the guy that made the monsters? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that it's one not like that has cost, costume design. No, it's made, make, uh, makeup, 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 special, and effects. special effects. Yeah. yeah. Maybe special effects. Special um, effects, probably, right? Yeah. But that monster. Oh that, my God, with the eyes and the hands. Iconic, dude. Yeah. I, 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 I see kind of like copies and iterations of that to this day. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe he, he he also could have pulled some inspiration from something, but that's what I remember when seeing that. He probably just closed his eyes and saw it. <laughs> and, and it was like did. it has to look like this. So I'm I'm assuming the you, you guys mentioned Hellboy Guillermo del Toro. I don't know how many he did, but I do know mm-hmm. that the special effects Shoot, guy maybe? uh worked on one of the Hellboys, and there you could yeah. see the overlap in the monsters from Pan's Labyrinth, not overlap, but like mm. similarities in the style. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's just something to think about maybe for next week. I don't know, or or it doesn't have to be next week, but it could be like, you know, ahead of Cabinet of Curiosities. You we said reviewed. October something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Curiosities like October 25th, I believe. Yeah, so okay. a couple months. Yeah, you know, we don't have to review Nightmare Alley right away. Just something to think about. You know, there's plenty of good movies coming out, so you know, or they have, or that have come out, yeah, um, this year. So you know, we could stick to that, and you know, we get the world is you know, it's our oyster. You know, did yeah. you guys want to? Uh, since we barely saw anything of Ethan Hawke and Black Phone, did you want to? You want to talk us... about our three, our three favorite yeah. Ethan Hawke films? Yeah. DP yes. had mentioned maybe we should do that. It's like uh, I think it's a good yeah, idea. Added and added uh, since we're not doing two reviews this week, right? Right. So Mark, give us Mark, a little Marky, more to talk about when it comes to Ethan Hawke. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Marky, you, you you kept us from going off the rails there. So why don't you give us your first? <laughs> steered first, steered it, steered give us give ship. us your first one. All right, at least um, I'm going to give you my my first one. Uh, I think might be the most obscure one. Ooh. Have, okay. Either of you guys, did you ever watch? It came out in 2014. So, out of my three picks, it's the most recent. But did you ever see the movie Predestination? Yes, sir. I have not. No. That was an interesting movie. It's a time travel, uh, not a time loop, but it. No, it's a paradox. You have it on there. Nice. <laughs> I see it. Wait, what's what's the other one? I saw Training Day on there. Um, <laughs> Predestination. It's been a long time since I saw it, and I, I uh, it's one of those ones, you know, when you're flipping through and you're like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I, when I'm watching it, I was blown away at the time. It may have been the alcohol, but I was just like, whoa, you know? No, like no, the, no, no, it's good. Yeah, and the intricacy, you know, uh, just the the uh, overlap in the story. It it must be based off a book because uh, no screenwriter, not no, but typically a film doesn't have this kind of intricate overlapping story mm. especially with a uh, uh time travel story um which i'm a big fan of love love time travel Ditto. i've been i've been into uh netflix's the uh show 
uh, Dark lately, that German show. Yes, you mentioned. Came out a few years ago. Yeah. Loving that shit. So, so but yes, Predestination, uh-huh. he's not even the best character in that in that movie, though. Well, remind me, because it's been a long time. So the it. actress, Sarah Snook, she's amazing in it. And are we going to... No, Dan hasn't seen it, so we shouldn't spoil it any more than that. No. But... Um, no, it's, wor- it's worth a view. It's a timey-wimey sort of story, time travel... But in done in a very interesting way. Would you say that it has, uh, from what I remember, it's almost like neo noir, like cop yes. detective part yep. two? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's got that element to it as well. Um, it, it's definitely worth a watch. I don't know that it's free anywhere, but it's worth a watch. Yeah. For a sure. Bit of an, a bit of an obscure one, though, because I don't remember mm-hmm. there being a bunch of uh, nope. uh, marketing or hype about it. Like I said, nope. I just kind of stumbled across it. Same here. Actually, I want to say. You and I talked about it. You might have seen it before Maybe. me, and yeah. you recommended it to me, and then I popped it on. But I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not amazing, but I liked. I was, I was, I was sucked in. And that that the twist in that movie was uh, unique to me. Yep, yep, it was. It was definitely unique, and it was. Um, um, they took like sort of like the concept to like a different place. I think I like, I, I, I liked agree. It. it was, it was a, it was a fresh story on kind of like a well-treaded topic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Predestination DP. What do you got? You got a, you got an Ethan Hawke film you like? I, I do. I, I'm going to go with the one that really kind of blew Ethan Hawke up. And it's the one that, kind of propelled him into stardom and it 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 was at a time that it it just fucking hit home with me personally um i'll get into that in a sec but it's the movie reality bites uh came out in 1994 Mm -hmm. and and ethan hawk plays this like fucking kind of slacker kind of kid but you know and he's has this kind of back and forth relationship with Winona Ryder and I know I, I I related to this movie quite a bit but I think Ethan Hawke was excellent in this film like he really kind of like he felt very uh relatable and maybe it was just me, but I obviously not because the movie was a huge hit. Like, well, you, you said know, that's, it's that's a what, huge movie. Yeah. When I when I googled so, Ethan Hawke, that's, I kept seeing that. I've never seen that movie, but that was the one that brought him up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Propelled him. And, yeah. and it's one that yeah, it it hit home with me when I first saw it back in yeah ninety four when it came out. Yeah. That's when I saw it, and it really hit home with me. And I fucking love this movie. Um. It's a movie where Ethan Hawke, he's in a band that has, for me, my favorite band name and his, my favorite band name in history, Hey, That's My Bike. That's awesome. Which is a great band name. That's great. <laughs> that's a band he's in. Hey, That's My Bike. That's yeah, speak, speaking of bands, I think Reality Bites was uh, featured in our um our soundtrack uh episode, yes it was okay. a, a great bunch of songs on that soundtrack yeah, yeah. a lot a lot of like early 90s you know grunge, grunge. Just yeah. about. The, the seattle scene because the movie doesn't the movie mm-hmm. take place in seattle or out in that uh, area? i believe so yeah yeah 
didn't all movies in the 90s take place in Seattle? Yeah, yeah it, there was a span, yes. Seattle was but there's like, like the Alice in Chains. Of Gen X. Yeah. Right, right. It totally was. And um, that soundtrack's littered with like Screaming Trees and Soundgarden and yeah. uh, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and, you know, mm-hmm. all the all the big, big, uh, the big players in the Seattle scene. Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. So. And it's one I love. And it, it hit home with me big time. Yeah. So I got one, and I, I mean, Marky read one of them, but I don't want to talk about that one. I want to talk about um, a film I think like, so when I was looking at a lot of these films, I thought to myself, Ethan Hawke's not the best actor in this film. I agree. But he, oh, but he's, I thought you were just going to say best actor. I was like, he's not that good. He's, he's, no, he's, he's not he the best actor that. in these films. Like mm-hmm. somebody's outshining him, like even in Black Phone, right? Like the right. kids are better than him. Right. <laughs> not that he's a bad actor, but the kids are like more pro- predominant. They have more right. of a role. He's they sort bring of more back. to the table. Yeah. They bring more. They bring you more to the table. They have more to work with. Um, and obviously, in um, Reality Bites, it's sort of ensemble. I think Winona Ryder and Matt Dillon are in that, right? Like, is that, am I speaking um, of the right actors? I've never seen the movie, but I would guess that Matt Dillon's in it, just from the era. I'm sorry, what, which one? Reality, Reality Bites. Re- Reality Bites. Matt Dillon. Oh, no, no Matt Dillon. It's uh, Winona Ryder, Janine Garofalo, Steve Zahn. Uh, oh ben oh Stiller's in it, actually. Ben, okay, Ben Stiller's, who maybe I'm thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the corporate guy, right? Yes, like, yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes. That's who I'm thinking of. But anyway, yeah. like, so I wanted to pick a film where he was arguably the best actor in the film, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was and that was the film written by Paul Schrader, written directed by Paul Schrader, uh, who wrote Taxi Driver, and that was oh. first first reformed. The movie's called hmm. First Reformed. First Reformed, 2017. Never, never heard of it. Yeah, that's so fun. So uh, it's written by the taxi driver writer Paul Schrader, who also wrote that film with uh, Oscar Isaac in it, uh, the Card Counter or whatever. Anyway, that came out recently. Yeah. So he's been doing directing, but he wrote, you know, for Martin Scorsese for Taxi Driver. Yeah, he's but, got some years on him, huh? Yeah, for sure. But first reformed, Ethan Hawke plays this like minister at this church, and um, he he ends up in this like existential crisis. He gets like approached by this married couple, the wife played by uh, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? How do you uh-huh. say her name? Seyfried or Seyfried? And her husband. Grog. And she's pregnant and he's like this uh, uh, he's like this very political person and it's just it's a very complex film it's just uh you should you should see it it's it's a small film there's not a lot of actors in it what's the title Um, again it's called first reform let me pull it up so that i can speak to it a little more like uh smartly because i don't know if our listeners know but when we get to certain points of this uh, episode of the episode we're, we're, we're not we're not we're not sober a good friend of mine george nope. uh told me one time and I, i've been using his line ever since he said he calls it grain brain 
So mm-hmm. it's, it says a minister of a small congregation in upstate New York grapples with mounting despair brought on by tragedy, worldly concerns, and a tormented past. But so it, it's it's really freaking good. Okay, I w- I would recommend it. And he and he's arguably the best actor in the film. Amanda Seyfried is really good in it. The guy that mm-hmm. plays her husband is very good. Um, but yeah, it's excellent, excellent film. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well done. Um, it's actually it'll leave a mark on you after you. Interesting. Watch it. Well, I wrote it down. I'll have to check it out. Um, I'll have to do some googling to see if it's available. You know, yeah. I don't like paying for things. I'm not no, 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 Marky. Yeah, I think I think it's. Um, hold on. I'll tell you where it is. Oh no, Showtime. Fuck that. All right, <laughs> Marky. What's next? So my next two choices are uh, much more well known. Uh, well-treaded because um, I think what we literally said were what were our favorite Ethan Hawke films um, and you can take that question as you will but I was thinking more of like what are your favorite movies that have Ethan Hawke in it not necessarily right. you know what did he shine in the most because one right. of my we're picks not, we're not talking I, about Robert De Niro here Right, right. right. Uh, one of my picks, I don't think he did that well in, but I just love the movie. Um, that will be my last pick. The, but this one that I'm going to say right now hits that uh, sci-fi itch that I fucking love. Came out in 1997. I think this is where he met his uh, his wife at the time. Um, this is Gattaca. And it also had Jude Law and like I said, his wife, I didn't realize this until I was Googling Ethan Hawke. I don't think I ever knew that he married Uma Thurman. They were married from like 98 to like 2005. Um, did, did, did they have the, um, the the daughter that's in uh, Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew Maya? that was Maya Hawke. I knew that was his daughter uh, after Stranger Things buzz. And people are like, oh, shit, this. this uh, Ooh, I see a little Uma in her. Yeah, now you do, right? Like, I, but I don't think I ever knew that Ethan Hawke was actually married to Uma Thurman. Um, Gattaca is a great sci-fi movie. And I remember one of my high school teachers uh, putting it on, you know, like wheeling the TV out and putting the movie on for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It's one of those um, futuristic Earth uh, yeah, sci-fi what, films. Right? What class would a teacher have shown that in? Is that a futuristic Earth sci-fi film? It is. It's, yeah. yeah. It's future. It's futuristic Earth. Uh, in the end, spoiler: if you haven't seen Gattaca, um, the final scene is Ethan Hawke uh, making his way onto a space shuttle leaving Earth. Um, it has, and I might be—I'm not the smartest guy, so I might be using this word wrong. But it's almost like, uh, like a a world in where like they use eugenics. I might be using eugenics wrong here, but people have jobs based off of their predetermined intelligence from birth. Like there's some, like, I think they even coal babies in the movie. I might remember remembering mm-hmm. that wrong too, but Ethan Hawke's character is someone that is supposed to be like a lesser and he's not supposed to amount to anything. And he fakes his identity. I'm not using the word eugenics, right? That's not, that's not the right term. Um, but he's not supposed to amount to anything. But mm-hmm. he, he, with the help of Jude Law, who is someone that's in this more elite class, who is paralyzed, 
they kind of switch identities or at least Ethan Hawke takes his identity um, because Jude Law just like, I can't remember his reasoning to do it, but Ethan Hawke proves that he can, even though he wasn't born to be this person, can do it. And it's just, it revolves around this weird futuristic earth and he's going to work and he's duping everybody the, uh, the whole time. And he's having to work extra hard because he is not somebody that should be there. Um, and anyway, you like it. I love it. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a while since I've yeah. seen it, but that, that yeah. movie like always stands out to me. DP, you're on mute. I see you fist bumping and chanting over there, but uh Oh yeah, I'm just trying to get a cup, get a cup. <laughs> DP, DP, do you have another uh, Ethan Hawke film you're you're fond of? Uh I am. Uh so I before I do my actual one I want to pick, I do want to just give a quick shout out to the 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 Richard Richard Linkletter uh like sunrise trilogy oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i've never seen those actually i i haven't watched them either but like there's like before sunrise before sunset before midnight and it's all richard linkletter uh ethan hawk julie delpy are all in them and it's like the first one was in 95 the second one was in like 2005 the last one was like 2015 it was like 20 years of these three collaborating and fucking making movies yeah. together, which I, I I just think is a really cool thing. I I haven't seen the films, but you know Richard Linklater is fucking great. He dazed and confused. Oh and, yeah, you know like yeah, he makes some great movies. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, real quick though, yeah. DP, I think Ethan Hawke uh, had a writing and directing credit for the second and third one of those. Oh yeah. When, when I was Googling him, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, his, his name pops up as actor, director, writer, novelist. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what else did he do? And then, like, those uh, those other movies came up and he had those credits as director and yeah. writer. Mm-hmm. But uh, so but for me, the uh, the next one, as far as like his. Uh, yeah, it, everything he's done, my my other favorite. And. I mean, I guess I'm not alone because obviously it's spun off to a bunch of other things. The the first The Purge movie <laughs> yeah. is oh, yeah. fucking good, man. I forgot like, that he was in the first one. I forgot one. he was in that, yeah. Dude, that first one is really good. Yeah, like, and it's, like, I know it, it kind of spun so off much into this shit. crazy shit that's going on now, but that first one was excellent. And he, you know, as like the, the dad in the house was really fucking good. Um, I thought that first Purge movie was great. I thought he especially was great in that first one. Yeah, I, I do okay. remember that now. I'd for, totally forgotten that he was in that. Um, I do remember him shining in that, though. Mm-hmm. That has spawned so many sequels oh, and yeah, spin like fucking shows like and graphic Purge novels. Purge TV and, series and yeah. yeah, graphic novels. It's all sorts of shit, but... Basically, it's, all because that first one was so good, and he even, was a part of that. There's even like a, a, a Rick and Morty episode where they're on a planet, and yeah. Rick makes a oh shit, this is a purge planet. <laughs> yeah. Is um, is that series the TV series still going or no? I, I believe know. so. 
I, I mean, last time I heard at least yeah. it was. So, yeah. But okay. if it's, let's see, I can actually, Daddy can look it up for you right now. Yeah, it's well, certainly a franchise that's had some legs. Yeah. So, uh, it looks like it might be over. It's been like okay. a, over a year and a half. I, I think, episode, um, so. uh, Again, when Googling Ethan Hawke, he had some sort of, uh, I can't remember if it was producer or writer, but he had some credit attached to him on some further Purge projects. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's he's not just this actor guy. He's right. out there doing some other work. And he knows how to cash in. Mm -hmm. A smart motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Look at the big brain on Ethan. You know, <laughs> real quick, though, when this I was smart Googling motherfucker. Him, He's he he has written like three novels and a graphic novel. The graphic novel wow. he wrote is called uh, it's I don't know how to pronounce it. It's spelled I N D E H, maybe Enda, and mm -hmm. it's called A Story of Apache Wars, and it's a Native American graphic novel on Apaches. Yeah, that Ethan Hawke wrote. Interesting. But, uh, AJ. Yeah. So, what's your next favorite Ethan Hawke project? So this um, this this friend of ours. I don't know if you guys know him. His name's Tim. Tim, Tim. Sherry. It's not ringing a bell, but I, you know, I'll, he, I'll Google him later. I'm he sure absolutely he absolutely hates this film. This is my mm. third and final pick. <laughs> but. Again, again, the theme of the night. Ethan Hawke's not the best actor in this film. He's not. Denzel Washington is. Yeah. So it's called Training Day. Mm -hmm. And I like Training Day, directed by Antoine Fuqua. I'm a fan. I like the film. It's I a great movie. It. I, I enjoy it. it. I enjoy Training Day quite a bit. Like, I love it. I, I would watch it right now if it was on. You know, I would 100%. Yeah, I, I, I like never, it. And I, I think Ethan Hawke's good in it. I think he's he good, is. but he's, he's really not good. But Denzel won his first Oscar, first like lead mm -hmm. Oscar, like yeah. star, like not supporting. Like he won the Oscar for this the same year Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball. He yeah. won Best Actor for Training Day, and I think he deserved it. He did a great job. It was great. And you know what? Ethan Hawke complimented him well. He did a good job in the mm -hmm. role, and I it was a good film. I yeah. I liked it a lot. I. I agree with you 100%. And whenever DP would get on this tirade of shitting all over training day. Oh, TW, spoke... you mean? Yeah. What, what did I say? DP. Oh, sorry, DP. I love TW. <laughs> um, whenever, yes, whenever Tim would bring it up and start shitting all over it, I never spoke up because there's no convincing him otherwise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I like the movie. I'm not going to convince him that it's better than he thinks it is. So I just. But I very much enjoyed this movie. It's not a necessarily unique story. It's just done really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, and, and the acting is top notch. Yeah. Ethan Hawke was nominated for an Oscar for this. Was he? He was nominated for best supporting actor. Nice. That's not yeah. an accident. Like he, wow. he was really good. This is he a was great good movie. It. The problem you know, was the problem was the guy opposite him won the best actor Oscar. Yeah. Like yeah. that's and how good he look. was. He was larger than life. He was you know the most charismatic yeah. you know person in the film. It's one of the best performances from Denzel, in my opinion. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was awesome in it. 
He was Can't fucking awesome in it. Ain't got shit on me. Exactly. Again, another line that like became iconic and like went beyond the movie itself. Like that whole King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Like it's been parried, uh, parodied a hundred fucking times since then. Yeah. Like yeah, it, it was like a cultural moment. It for a good reason because it was a and, great film. Yeah. And I might be wrong, but I. I feel like i heard somewhere that that was improv by denzel like because yeah. the, the line itself doesn't quite not make shocking sense. not shocking yeah. yeah i wouldn't be surprised by it, that it makes sense yeah. in the moment for the character but it doesn't really make sense for like you know writing it out for a script so like why would you put that in there right mm-hmm. he probably did that in the moment it was like right. they were like dude we're keeping that yeah yeah that's, remember Denzel, that's fucking denzel kicking ass right there's there. a scene in that movie that still like i think about uh whenever Denzel sells him to the Cholos, like when he brings mm. like the, the microwave to him or whatever. And then uh, Denzel leaves him and he's sitting at the dinner table and like, they're checking out his Beretta that, that scene right when Ethan Hawk realizes that Denzel's gone and he's stuck with these like hardcore LA right. gangsters and he's alone and he's alone. Them. And they, they like club him over Ooh. the head and they drag him down the hallway and it's pitch yeah. black. And he just like gets sucked into the darkness that is it turns into like a horror scene real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good movie yeah training day is a good flick man yeah yeah the shootouts were great yeah it was awesome man when you pull up the imdb page one of the first like trivia facts i have uh the line king kong ain't got shit on me was ad-libbed by Denzel Washington. Nice. There so you go. That, that is one of the first, most of, yeah, uh, a well-known trivia fact. I, okay, this. so uh, I did yeah. not imagine it. Seriously, he, did not. that was an earned Oscar. Like, look yeah. at who he's up against that year. He earned that shit. And that, that final scene Excellent. where he's, where uh, Ethan Hawke's taking the bag from him and he's like, uh, Denzel comes to that red light and the, the van pulls up next to him and uh he or no first it's a car he looks over at the the beautiful woman and then the van mm-hmm. pulls up next to him and the the doors open up and the guys just pour out at the ak's and they just unload into the vehicle and he comes crawling out trying to get to the uh it was just amazing how much yeah. they everybody hated him yeah like just how much they hated him they couldn't stand him and he's ah. yeah they and, just tolerated oh, well him. done yeah. The other, like the characters, so well done. The, the little snippets of characters in the movie, like when he takes Ethan Hawke to that diner and there's like a, like a police chief, maybe it's even the mayor. I can't remember. It's these really top, uh, top big dogs that are like official people in the city. And they're telling Denzel, like you fucked up because they know like they're all dirty, and he's, but they're telling him like he fucked up and you got to pay. He's like, I'll do it. I'll pay. I'll get the money. <laughs> yeah, movie, yeah, man. some dirty shit, but yeah, yeah, no, Training Day's great, and uh, Ethan Hawke was excellent in it. Mm-hmm. He was, so that's one of my picks. So I know hey, it's it's obvious, but, yeah, so it's obvious, oh. but yeah, that's one of my picks. Yeah, that, that, that was, was that one was my of my picks pick too. too. Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> that was my final pick. Uh, yeah, so uh, we don't I have any give, others. Yeah, uh, one quick shout out to one that's not a movie, but uh, the recent uh mcu series moon knight right 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 right. he was the main villain and he was excellent as a fucking villain okay i'm glad you brought that up yeah 
that was some of the uh we're talking about these movies where he wasn't necessarily shining as an actor but they were just great films mm-hmm. i would argue he that shined in Moon he Knight. really did yeah it, and his skill in, in that show came out um mm-hmm. that, that was nice seeing that from him because he's older yeah. now um he's 51 years old and that mm-hmm. show just came out and i just feel like he's this nice kind of like well-rounded matured actor now he's got his hair yeah. long there's some gray in it and he's just he's killing it man mm-hmm. yeah he, he was great in that so but yeah my, my last pick was training i mean come on if you're talking about ethan hawk everybody's gonna pick training day because he was awesome in it that's he funny really how it was. was that was my was last awesome. pick aj's last pick and maybe even and DP's my last, last pick. pick yeah <laughs> how could it not be yeah like that i mean let's be honest yeah Sometimes the Oscars nominate people that shouldn't be nominated. Yeah. yeah. They mess up. Not even sometimes quite a bit, mm. but they didn't fucking mess up with this one. Yeah. Ethan Hawke was fucking awesome in yeah. training day and absolutely deserved to be nominated for best supporting actor. So yeah. he was that young buck cop that was just like a hard line mm-hmm. followed the, the cop code. And right, he gets right. folded in with this. Just he was crooked... like the rookie, the rookie. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah and he was... just, he just got put in with the wrong. He got put assigned to the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. and Denzel tries to get him killed because like, he realized this kid's too straight laced. He's not right. He, remember, he won't be able to change him. I mean, he drugs him like almost immediately. Like he yeah. drugs. I didn't him. know you like to get wet. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he Does, drugs his ass. You remember that Chappelle skit? Where he does that, yeah, yeah with Wayne yeah. Brady. Brady. <laughs> Didn't know you like to get wet, yeah. Dave. <laughs> Is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke a bitch? Yeah. That is one of the greatest Chappelle show skits <laughs> of all time. Break yourself! It's Wayne Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, shit. it's fucking amazing. That's such a great. You know what? Uh, next week we'll do a whole episode on the Chappelle show. There you go. I mean, we won't. We're going to talk about this again next week. Spell but... show. <laughs> we need to get out of bring your kids. Damn, what a great show that is. Any Hoosiers. Anyway, guys, we talked uh, a lot about yeah, Ethan Hawk tonight. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to get off their chest before we wrap things up? Um, um, if we're still sticking on Ethan Hawk, you know, um, I think he is uh, reached this almost not. I wouldn't say twilight, but this mature no, stage you're right. you're of right. his acting career. I'm really looking forward to. Like DP brought up Moon uh, mm-hmm. Moon Knight, and it, I I was surprised of how uh, good I thought he did in that. And I'm would really look forward to seeing what else he's going to come out with because he just seems to be getting better with age. Yeah. So. Uh, my last thing is just a quick more uh, reminder. Follow us on social media. Uh, yeah. We can be found everywhere at Movie Council Pod. Uh, you can email us. It's moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. And yeah, hit us up with a review and a rating wherever you're listening. We totally appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it helps out the show a ton. Thanks, DP. So for Dan, for Marky, for myself, AJ, um, good night from the movie council. All right. Night, night. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.
The movie council is adjourned. <laughs>